Hello, I'm Matt Lamar, and I, again, am sitting with Hallie and Trenton, and this week we're going to discuss another one of our Bible characters. Hallie, who are we discussing this week? This week we are talking about, we're calling her the woman only known by her sickness, which is, uh, traditionally we call her the hemorrhaging woman, and I reject that because naming someone for their hemorrhaging seems like a crappy thing to do, right? So uh, we don't know what her name is, but... The reason she appears in our story is because of her illness and her her healing of her illness. That's who we're talking about this week. Uh, She shows up actually in Luke and in Mark, and we're talking about Mark's version of the story. So, Trenton, what can you tell us about the Gospel of Mark? Well, Mark is our oldest gospel. Uh, It is also the one that other gospel writers would have relied on, um, among other sources. I also think it's important to note that Mark 5 is a chapter that's on the road. Jesus is road tripping all the way throughout this chapter. And it's a chapter that's best understood when you think about movement and about the importance of action. Cool. So one of the things I love about the Gospel of Mark, Mark is my favorite gospel. (laughs) Uh, That's what pastors do. We have favorite gospels. Mark is my favorite because it's concise. There's not a lot of fluff in Mark. There's not a lot of elaborating about things. Just like, boom, something happens. Boom, something else happens. Uh, And the word that's repeated throughout this gospel is immediately. So if you see that word, it often comes out of the gospel of Mark. So part of how Mark writes this gospel is that he often starts a story and then uh, switches to a def- different story and goes back to the original story. We call those Mark and Sandwiches. And uh, Trenton, how does Mark do that in this story that we're talking about this week? Well, for this chapter, there's three stories in one. Jesus goes across the sea and goes and visits the non-Jewish people. And he casts out a demon from a man. And he makes that man the first missionary and leaves him behind. And then he goes back to the Jewish areas. And our main focus this week is the story of the woman known only by her sickness and the action she takes to be healed. And then after that, Jesus goes and heals a 12-year-old girl. And the mirror there is really worth discussing. And I think that it emphasizes two stages of life, two different people, two different power structures, but both respond to a demand for action. Uh, And I think that that is something that that we really want to drill down on here. Right. So in our story for today, um, at the beginning of Mark chapter 5, if we begin at verse 21, uh, one of the leaders of the synagogue comes to Jesus and begs him to save his daughter, to save this little girl. And so Jesus agrees. But as they're trying to get back to the man's daughter, there's a giant crowd. This is a theme of Mark, that the crowds get bigger and bigger throughout the story. So there's this giant crowd, and they're trying to get there. And it's while Jesus is walking through this crowd that this other woman, who all we know about her is that she has been hemorrhaging for 12 years. Um, I remember being confused about that when I was young because I didn't, A, know what a hemorrhage was. And adults felt weird explaining it to me. I don't know why. She was basically having a period for a very long time, for 12 years. And that's a problem, not just because, well, that would suck, but because menstruating women were not allowed into religious community, right? So they wouldn't have been allowed into the temple, into holy spaces, uh, wouldn't have been allowed in proximity to the rabbi. So they were exiled from the community, which typically would be, you know, once a month uh, for a period of days. But hers had been 12 years constantly. So she had been removed from her community, her faith community, for 12 whole years. 
So she is in this crowd as Jesus walks through, and she does what? She leans forward, and she reaches out and touches the very fringe of his cloak. Sounds weird. It does sound weird. This would be like if you were sick or you needed something and you ran up to Hallie and you touched the very fringe of her stole, which is the piece of cloth that she wears around her neck when she's running stuff in service. Uh, It's a sign of authority. It's a sign of power. And it's also a sign of commitment to the church. People like me who are heathen professors don't have to wear them. It has no healing power, just to clarify. Not that I'm aware of, at least. The, it's her it's her belief in this in this power it's a, it was a mystical thing back then she is she is banking that this act of desperation this sheer force of will of just of just touching that cloak is going to help her she doesn't know how she doesn't have any agenda in mind the, the mark doesn't record any sort of of goal it was an act of desperation of just hoping to touch the holy and that something might help her And I think that that's a desperation that we can understand and drill down on a little bit here. It does. So she touches Jesus's cloak. Um, She is healed. Jesus has his Jedi moment where he feels the power come out of him. He asks the people around him. He asks his disciples. It's kind of a funny moment. uh, If they saw who it was and they reply to him sarcastically, like, no, Jesus, you idiot. There's people everywhere. How are we supposed to know who touched you? What are you freaking out about? Um, They don't quite get it, right? So that's a theme in Mark. But she is healed by this. So Jesus turns and asks, you know, who touched me? And um, it says that the woman came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. It's an interesting phrase there. And after she tells Jesus this, he says this line, he says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So our theme for this week uh, is desperation, which maybe sounds like a strange theme. But tell us a little about desperation, Trenton. Uh, I think desperation is um, recurring throughout the Bible. To be human is to be desperate. Even in our normal day-to-day lives, we're desperate. And I think that that's best understood and that we all exist in this place as Christians and as humans as being dependent on faith for salvation. We're dependent on something that we can't see or touch or smell or taste for our for our salvation for our for our eternal future and i think that this kind of drills down on that uh, a little bit that we have to just put our faith and fall forward and touch jesus and and just go with it yes i think in preparing for this this week in this conversation if you think about a time a moment when you've experienced something like desperation and of course i say that being fully aware that um hashtag privilege our moments of desperation while we've had them and they're real there are bigger, more vast moments in the world, but still that it's that, it's that feeling, it's that thing where you, you would be willing to do anything to change the circumstance that is in front of you. And that, that I think we each know something about. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear here, when we're talking about this story, the moral of the story is not that trusting in Jesus will make you well, right? It's, right. it's not that. It's about something more complicated and more every day, right? Absolutely. If trusting in Jesus could make you well, I know a lot of faithful people that would be in different situations, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So that kind of transactional understanding of healing and of faith 
is this story can very much be read in that way. And part of the work of a story like this is to not do that. Um, And so instead, I think a more interesting question rather than something like, do you have enough faith to be healed, which is not an interesting question. I think the more interesting question and part of this this kind of story is to say when we are in those desperate moments um, what are we reaching for it's not to say that that we just need to believe a little bit more we just need to have faith a little bit more but is to say if we are reaching for Jesus if we are reaching towards our faith in that act of desperation that God will be in it with us that Jesus is in it with us that we um, won't reach out and find ourselves empty-handed um, the healing will be uh, outside of that, independent of that, but Jesus will be there as soon as we reach. Mm-hmm. Sounds cheesy. Sometimes cheesy is good. <laughs> so this summer we are doing uh, small groups rather than our normal Thursday um, sort of big group. Hallie, how can we find, how can our listeners find a small group if they haven't joined one yet, or if they're interested in other facets of the church and the young adult ministry, how can they find us? Well, you can email me, or you can go to our website, which is villagepresya.org, villagepresya.org, and all of the information is there. 